Good morning and welcome to Local Matters. This is Ben Rogers. I am delighted to have a Smith County Commissioner with me, first time visitor on the show, Mr. Justin Malden. Justin, how are you today? Ben, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on today. Did I say your last name right? Yes, that's okay, correct. Yes. I thought it was right, but I just want to make sure. I have messed up names before. Thanks for being here. It's always good to have another county commissioner on, uh, and especially from another county, because I cannot have one of my own uh, in office, or in studio with me because I don't want to violate Sunshine Law. So it's good to have another county because I, I don't violate Sunshine Law when it's two different counties. So I'm putting them. You're Smith. We got that out of the way. We're being transparent. You are a first-year commissioner, correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. So in your first year, you know, we just finished up your first year on your term uh, a few weeks ago, September 1, started your second year. Um, what, any surprises so far? Not too much. I mean, there's been a lot of sitting back and, and learning, uh, you know, going through, you know, specifically the budget process the first time. That, that's definitely a learning experience. I've, I've paid attention to what's going on with the county, and uh, I live within the municipal limits of Carthage, too, so I pay attention to what's going on there. But going through the process and being an insider, I guess, so to say, and being fed more information and kind of understanding that, uh, it, it was a very good learning experience. While I wasn't on the budget committee, I attended most of the meetings, tried to get the information, gave my feedback uh, during those meetings to to help lay out the budget a little bit. Had really you know, one piece of, uh, we'll call it legislation, a, regu- a resolution that changed some zoning to try to help out some some people of the, of the county. So few things that, that happened, but nothing too too surprising or too crazy yet. Well, and uh, I think it's important. You said you were not on the budget committee, but you went to the meetings. In Smith County, there's only five budget committee members, and, and the one of those is the mayor, right? Correct. So really four commissioners, I guess, and yeah. the mayor? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so we operate under the 57 Act for budgeting. So it's the, the mayor, and he chaired the com- uh, the committee this past year, and then four commissioners. And it was it was four veteran commissioners, and uh, I think that was a wise decision. We, we have a very new commission, so – Going from before the August election of last year to now, we only have 10 returning commissioners. We've got 24 commissioners in Smith County, which is a lot of commissioners to have for the size of the county. We've got the same amount as as Putnam County. Mm -hmm. There was consideration given to reducing it down to 16 during the prior redistricting after the census. That failed, I think, by a single vote. Uh, It may have been a little bit further than that, but I think it was a pretty close vote. It was close. Yeah. So, you know, it's – it's a brand new commission, though, so it, that's uh, that's probably been a learning. There's, I say I'm learning. Most of the commissioners have been learning too. Well, and like you said, you got ten ten that are there, that have been there. The rest are new, and uh, thankfully, there are a lot of them call and ask questions. Especially they call me. You've and I, the one reason I have you here. I, I, you ask really good questions, right? You're very informed. You want to know more, and you can talk county government with me. Even though you've only been in a year, we can talk and, and, and debate and, and discuss and rationalize and maybe be irrational on some things. But, you know, you guys, you and Smith County, the new folks are calling me, and I, I think I don't know it all, but I'm paid to know a lot, right? That's my job. So I'm glad you all call me, and I love the fact that you all are interested in learning more. Um any disappointments in your first year? You know, just something you thought, oh, wow, I didn't know this was that way. That's kind of that's kind of frustrating. Not really a, a disappointment. I guess the big realization that any commissioner is going to have to have is that you got to play within your sandbox. And when you come in, first and foremost, counties are a political subdivision of the state of Tennessee, and they mm-hmm. can only operate within what they're allowed to do. And then as a county commissioner – you're only allowed to operate and follow the rules that you're given. People may think, oh, I'm an elected official. I can get up here and I can do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to come in here and change everything. Well, no, you got to operate within in the bounds of, of state law and even the rules that govern our body, and you know, you're limited on some of the things that you can do. 
when I talk to some new officials, elected officials, especially mayors and commissioners, a lot of response after a year or two will be, I thought I could do this, but I don't have the authority to do this. I made some campaign promises that I can't keep. What do I need to do? And I said, basically, you just go back to those folks and say, hey, it's not within my authority to do this. I didn't realize that when I ran. We're going to do everything we can to make things better. We're going to work towards this goal, but I can't do this certain thing. And so that's a lot of the feedback I get from newly elected officials is like they thought they had more power than they do. And like you said, County government grants you the authority that you have. City government, you can act, actually operate a little bit differently and create your own ordinances and do a charter and put the things in the charter that you want to do. County government don't have that luxury. So, um, and and so you've learned that uh, in your first year. And so, but well, I guess let's talk about why did you run? You're a first year commissioner. What made you run for county commission? So I've always been in tune with what's going on locally. So you know, I was a uh, uh, I was raised in, in Baxter, so we, we've got some uh, similar origins there. Went through the school system there, but when I was attending Oprahman, you know, I went through uh, Boy State mm-hmm. through there, and I still have on my bookshelf to this day Judge Maddox's Tennessee government book. Yep. It's still sitting there. and you know, So I've always been a part and tried to be in tune with different things to serve civically. Back in 2017, I went through Smith County leadership, and so I'm, I'm not from Smith County. Uh, I transplanted there when I married my wife back in 2012. So I've been a part of there. Now I've got children. I've got roots there. And it's where I intend to spend my life. Going through leadership Smith County, though, you've got to attend, you know, so many government meetings. you got to attend court, you know, do other things to, to get involved, do some service work, things like that. And during the meeting that I went to, and I can tell you which one it was, it was August of 2017, I went to the county commission meeting. And two things stood out to me in that meeting. One was a very, very good decision that they did. That was actually the meeting that they appointed our director of accounts and budget. Mm-hmm. That was Daisy Denton. Mm-hmm. She was appointed there. Love Daisy. She mm-hmm. does a fantastic job for us to this day. And she has answered so many questions of mine and, and helps keep me in line and, and keeps me up to date. The other thing that they did, though, and I won't go too in-depth with it, was there was a presentation done, there was a land acquisition that took place, and there was no discussion on it. And I sat there thinking, this county is about to take on a seven-figure debt load to acquire this land. And the only question that was asked was, who owns the adjoining property to it? And I I remember thinking, man, we've got to have more discussion. There's got to be more to this than just sitting here and just voting something through with very little discussion, especially something that large. Fast forward to 2019, and I know you didn't expect this long-winded answer. Oh, this is great. 2019, budget time. I know you would have worked through that commission there jeff mason in his first budgeting years having to go through we have a 59 cent property tax increase the night of the public hearing we actually had the smith county ag center there's a lot of people who questioned why it couldn't be done church group that i have we had it rented for a community gospel meeting going on so they couldn't have it so they have it at the courthouse facility starts at 6 p.m 7 p.m we have our meeting started i get there i'm the first one on the list that signs up for the public hearing do something that's probably unusual. I get up there and I say, guys, I understand why you're doing this. Yeah. You know, I've, I've looked through it. I see the numbers. I, you know, the numbers are the numbers. It just is what it is. Nobody wants to do this. Not a single commissioner that wanted to vote for that, wanted to do an increase and asked everybody to remain respectful and understanding of the situation that it was going to be what it was. After seeing that process play out and the public process and everything, I sat back and I told myself, I need to take a chance next time the office is up because – I want Smith County to be the best it can for me and my kids in the future. We don't need to get in this boat again. We need to make sure we're planning for the future. Yep. So that night, ever since then, until I 
announce my candidacy in my campaign, it kind of been on my mind. I think that's perfect. I think, and I, it makes me happy to know that a citizen like yourself went through a leadership program and was interested in how the process worked and went to a meeting and was intrigued by it and you saw something you liked. You saw something you didn't like, and that was basically your call to service, right? And and, and that started your call to service. You, a couple of years later, you see the tax increase, which I was heavily involved with and in trying to help them minimize the amount they had to. And the numbers, the numbers were were there. You saw the numbers and why that increase had to happen. I, I was at the budget committee meeting doing that presentation. In fact, we're going to get to the last week's meeting or two weeks ago. Uh, I guess now three weeks ago. Anyway, that we that I went to and I had a commissioner there come up to me and say. It's good to see you. Thank you for coming in 2019 to the Budget Committee. You really helped me understand what we were doing, and and that makes me happy. But, you know, you had a call to service. So back, let's go back to 2017. I've I got questions now. That land acquisition, I know exactly what you're talking about. What is one of the questions you would have asked if you'd have been a county commissioner? Well, we're talking about taking on a debt load. It would be what is our current debt obligation in the long term? How long is this note going to be? What's it going to add to it? Because – at the time, I didn't realize the financial situation the county was in. And I'm not saying necessarily that the, the land purchase itself, if it would have been in the right circumstances at the right time, would have been a bad thing. But knowing hindsight, where the, what the financial situation of the county was, and just, again, the lack of input, that concerned me. But it would be, you know, what's the long term? You know, do we actually have true prospects on this? When we're talking about specific grant funding and money coming in here, do, you know, does this make sense? I'm I'm a very yeah, conservative individual, small government, you know, uh, I believe the government plays a limited role in things. We need to stay out of things that, that we shouldn't necessarily have our hands in. And right. so, you know, again, a private land acquisition that ended up, as you know, not, not necessarily being the best thing given, you know, it, it never, the full plan for what was supposed to happen never happened with that property, right? right? It wasn't feasible for it to happen because of the investment. It was going to be a loan to, to purchase the property. And then there was going to have to be some additional debt taken on in order to be able to build it to get the grant funding. And it just it didn't make sense. And again, those lack of questions. You know. So the first thing I would ask is exactly what you, what is this going to cost us? What is our current debt capacity look like? And can we afford this in the future? That's, and I'm, I'm with you 100%. So where is that piece of land now? What What's the position or condition of it with the, the county? The county does not own it anymore. We were able to, to offload it and to get rid of it. And in the long run, it ended up not costing us anything. It was basically a wash to the county. So thankfully, it, it, we didn't incur any any long-term debt or anything as a result of it. But it's off the books now. And hopefully now that it's in the hands of private citizens, they've got some plans to build it up and develop it. And hopefully they're uh, off the Gordonsville exit. Hopefully that will end up being a beautiful property that will be productive to the county. And, of course, they can, as private developers, they can always come back to the county and the city and ID board and industrial development board, I should say, and ask for incentives, right? Ask for a pilot, a payment in lieu of taxes. Ask for a lower, lower tax amount uh, in the first 10 years. And then we'll get back to paying regular tax so they can develop, so they can invest on getting their business going. And so that's that's the, the beauty of having private ownership of a piece of property that can develop it where the county, all the county has to do is maybe help them get to that incentive-wise, right? So I think that's a good example. I, I, I'm just – I'm glad – one of the reasons I love doing this show is because I have people on and I learn so much about them. And uh, that that instance in seventeen and the the budget tax increase in nineteen really inspired you. So 
I'm thankful that inspired you, and I'm thankful for your service. I'm Ben Rogers uh, on Local Matters here. Justin Malden, he's a Smith County commissioner. First year, just completed his first year in Smith County. Uh, one of 24 commissioners there. I'm having him on Local Matters. We'll be back here after this break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. Ben Rogers with Smith County Commissioner Justin Malden here in studio with me. First year, uh, first term commissioner in Smith County out of 24. Several new commissioners, as you mentioned earlier, Justin, on the legislative body in Smith County. So we've been talking about the 1981 uh, Centralized Financial Management Act, and it basically consolidates all finances uh, for Smith County government, payroll, budgeting, uh, purchasing, all those things, accounting, fall under one office. Currently, you're not set up that way, uh, so this would include the schools. There's been some discussion. We had a meeting a couple weeks ago. I was there, um, and you were one of the, one of the few that asked questions. There were several questions, I should say. I mean, several people that asked, and they should, right? We're there. I'm there as a consultant with my counterpart, and we're there. To, we did a presentation on it, talked about how it works, good questions. The one thing um, that I was asked was, why does Putnam County not fall under this act? And Putnam County is a general law. I've talked about it several times in the show, which means the highway department has their own bookkeeper accountant. Uh, the schools have their own finance office, and the county has their own, with under the county mayor, their own people that does all the accounting, purchasing, payroll for the county general fund. So you have three different functions of government, uh, and th- all three departments have their own financial people. So Putnam County has been that way since the creation of the county, and the question was, why does Putnam not do this? And it was it was asked because, you know, we're bigger than Smith County. We have a bigger budget. So it's, it's a legit question. It's a question that should be asked. Why did Putnam? And my response was, I'm not sure this is what they expected, but this was the response. Our county mayor has a financial background, has been in government for 30-plus years, uh, has been the mayor for something on the third term. And actually, I went to him at the end of the first term and said, would you ever consider us making a move to be centralized financially? And he said, I would not like to see that because we've had perfect audits. We handle our finances here on the general side, general fund side well. The schools have a great finance director, and we do. Mark Reynolds is wonderful. This county highway department has a great person there. So it's working, right? The, everything's working. We've had several uh, years where we have no audit findings. So financially, we are sound, and we we function uh, with financial reporting, and we do well. And so that is reality. Uh, nobody can argue that. But my response to him was, what happens when you're gone? And so that was my response in your Smith County meeting. 
I, what kind of reaction do you think that was that people understood that or was I just wasting my time no I think you're very spot on on that you know as I said earlier the way that we handle things right now with two different departments functions well and both sides are doing a great job but as you said we don't know what the future holds and what's going to happen and counties and government in general has a tendency to be reactive instead of proactive and I see this as a move of being proactive we're looking ahead yeah things work great now in the current system with the current administrators, but we don't know what's going to happen and what may change. And if a finance director leaves, if the mayor changes, you have no idea what's coming down the road. And so if we can do this and we can consolidate it now to where it is more accountability across the entire board versus being, you know, right now the way we operate under the 1957 Act is our director of accounts and budget reports to the mayor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that her duties are set by the mayor where this really, if you move to the 81, the way that I view it, is our county mayor is going to actually have a little bit less power yeah. in regards to that because the direct reporting is going to be the financial management committee. And, uh, you know, I love Mayor Mason. He does a great job. Um, and he uh, he allows uh, Daisy to do exactly what she needs to do day in and day out. So there's no qualms there. But they may not always be there. Mayor Mason's not always going to be our mayor. Yeah. And Daisy may not always be there. So it's almost like it's more of a democratic process, right? There's more people involved instead of one person really with the authority. And and so I like that point of view. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. I should need to probably put that. The other thing we talked about last uh, two weeks ago was some advantages were uh, financial institutions like your your credit rating companies, Moody's, Standards & Poor's, Fitch's. When, they, when you go to borrow money as a county, they go to the audit. They look for that recommendation. If it's not in there, that means you're centralized. And they say, all right, you have a finance office. That means you're probably financially sound and you, you have qualified people that know accounting, purchasing, budgeting, and we're going to give you a better interest rate on your loan, which saves the taxpayer money, right? So that was one advantage. The other advantage is you mentioned, which was purchasing, right? So how does that, how does that help on the purchasing side? In your well, mind. Well, I want to go back to the, the bond thing, yes, actually, first, because you mentioned that. One thing that we're having to go through, and you guys have done it here recently, but we're looking right now, our, our school board just passed and is starting a school expansion study, which needs to be done. Uh, there's growth happening in the county. We need to know where it's happening at. We need to get the recommendations on what we need to do. Well, with that in mind, we're going to be looking at school expansion, which means we're going to have a very, very large note. I look at this as an opportunity to go ahead and sure up some savings there if we can consolidate and get that better rate on what's probably going to be the largest note that our county has ever taken out uh, at one time. Speaking of the purchasing, if we can have a purchasing agent, one person that has a relationship with the vendors, one person that knows the bid process, knows how all that works, again, instead of it being across multiple people, if we can do that, that's one thing that I really like about this is, again, it being centralized. and You've got the relationship aspect. You've got the efficiency aspect because you're going to have – that's going to be what that person does. You know, they're going to be doing purchasing, purchasing, purchasing. In the long term, I would love to see our county go to some sort of supply warehouse model or bulk purchasing model to where we've got somebody – you know, it's one of those deals that's going to cost a little bit up front, but in the long run, I think it could be savings to us and it could be advantageous to us to go that route uh, in the long term yeah and they asked me too what were some disadvantages and i was very blunt and honest and one could be potential upfront costs as you just mentioned maybe new offices or office space maybe another personnel and other parts of the politics um 
We've seen some counties in, in Tennessee that, that's probably hired the wrong person as their finance director because it was a political hire where they may know somebody or or whatever and they really wasn't qualified and the county got in trouble with getting financially behind and, and audit findings everywhere. That's a rare occurrence. Most of the counties that centralize, they put in the effort to not only find somebody qualified but pay them uh, the money they're due. So I, that's that's really the two negatives. The rest of it's I think, is a benefit. And it would free up some of the duties the schools have to do, and, and they can maybe concentrate more on education. That's just an opinion. But we'll see what happens. I think y'all are going to go to a vote, what, in October maybe? Uh, that's what it's looking like. That's when our next regular commission meeting is. So we'll know hopefully in the second uh, Monday of October what, what's going to go on Smith County there. Before you leave me, Justin, we've got, a, we've got a few minutes left, but I do want to talk to you about – what are some of the goals for you the next three years? You've only been in one year. Obviously, you're very studied on county government. You ask good questions. What are some of the things you want to see achieved? Well, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier kind of some of the things that happened. I was a very big proponent this past year when we were going through the budgeting process of making sure that our employees uh, were getting at least somewhere close to what they deserve. We we can't pay anybody what we want to pay them and, and, and exactly where they need to be, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I really push to, to get them uh, where they uh, where they are now. We had a salary study that was done back in 2021, and we were going and looking at doing flat increases again. And, and I went to the mayor and said, Mayor, we've got a salary study that's been done. We really need to utilize it. There's no point doing it if we're not going to use it. Yep. Uh, so let's use it. You know, when he got back with that consultant, and that consultant came back and said, well, if you want to try to find out where 2023 is, we're not going to do a full study, but this is about what you're looking at. And thankfully, we were able to get that taken care of with, with no tax increases or, or any additional cost to the county. But two other things that are still looming out there uh, that we really need to take care of, and it's one of these deals where, uh, before I even say it, it's, you know, it's, like, it's like Mount Everest, except it's like Mount Everest gets taller every year <laughs> where there, there's a, a, a mountain that you can't summit, and you look at it, you're like, oh, there's no point in trying to do this because we, we can't climb it anyway. And but then we wait, and then the next year it's just even taller, and that's the infrastructure of our county, specifically with our roads, but then also our county buildings. Uh, those are two things that that we really, really, really need to address. You know, uh, Mickey Barrett, our road superintendent, phenomenal mm-hmm. road superintendent, does a fantastic job, and I've been asking him several questions. I'm like, hey, if we were able to try to find revenue, and it, you know. Welcome back to Local Matters. Ben Rogers here with County Commissioner from Smith County, Justin Malden. He just completed his first year and his first term uh, in Smith County. We're talking about some of the surprises and, and maybe a little bit of frustration for him the first year. Wasn't a whole lot of that, Justin, you said, but uh, intrigued by the reason you decided to run and, and the call to service. Uh, and I think it's great. I think you being involved as a, a citizen before you ran and understanding how government works and wanting to know more is wonderful. So let's talk about your background. You mentioned you uh, actually grew up in Baxter, uh, but moved to Smith County. Marriage moved you across county lines. Uh, but so what? What are you, what's your career in? What have you? What do you do for a living? Uh, so currently uh, now I have uh, been working for a local telecommunications cooperative, a, a rural telco is what we like to call it. I work within the marketing department, specifically within video production. So we run a local television service, so I help with our programming there. We do some original content. Uh, We live stream sporting events, football games every Friday night uh, during the season, Uh, so those kind of things. So I think being in that kind of – and the reason I ask that is because being in that kind of career gets you out in the public – uh, and the reason that's good for you is when you go to those county commission meetings, you're sitting there as a county commissioner, you're out in the public, and you're there for uh, for them, them to criticize you or praise you. And that's and your career looks like the same thing with your position. Has being in that career helped you any with being a commissioner, or is it two different worlds for you? Uh, I, 
I treat them as two different worlds now um, because I do want to keep, uh, you know, the my personal side and, and the service side a little bit different from the business side. Uh, but saying overlap as far as dealing with the public and, you know, you know, today I went out to a business and, and was working on a piece for a business for a business spotlight. And so I'm interviewing the business owner, getting to know them, understanding Why'd you start this? Why'd you pick here? What's your motivation? Your desires? Those things. So, you know, uh, you know, being able to deal relationally with with people and understanding people and uh, getting the chance to meet people helps as well. Uh, even, even though it doesn't have anything to do directly with the uh, the government service side, but it, it gets me in relationships with people and I get to meet people and introduce myself to people and and you know understand what's going on in the community that surrounds us and this first year as a commissioner are you pretty active in the meetings you you like to ask questions i know you were just at a recent meeting <laughs> and the joke was made by one of the other commissioners just just leave the microphone with him <laughs> yeah well I, now i'm gonna vouch for you uh and we're going to talk about that meeting but you asked questions that were very um pertinent i guess you could say or relatable to the topic uh there's uh and we'll just we'll just get into it there's some um, political disagreement on maybe the direction the county should go fiscally, uh, and there is a move or, or, or mention of changing. You mentioned the first thing, y'all are under the 1957 Fiscal Control Acts, which means basically y'all have a director of accounts and budgets that handles the county's uh, general expenditures, payroll, uh, budgeting, and the highway expenditure, payroll, budgeting. It does not include the school system. Uh, the 19, the Centralized Financial Management Act of 1981 would bring in the school system by law. It's a requirement that they would come in under. There would be a finance director and the finance office created. A little bit different than director of budget accounts. Um, uh, it's as in they're no longer this the director of budgets and accounts, the director of finance director, which does everything. And so they would bring everybody in. So bring all county departments in. Now I'm going to stop talking and say and ask you: Is this something you, as a county commissioner, would like to see happen in Smith County, and why? So first, I, I do want to say, love our school system. My kids are in it. Teachers do a fantastic job. Administration does a fantastic job. I believe the board and director of schools have done a phenomenal job. I love our education system, and what they have done for my children is tremendous. The school system has done a great job financially. Uh, nobody is questioning uh, where they stand financially, how they've handled any funds or anything like that. They, they are doing a great job with it. But when you look at the organization of the county and having two different accounting departments is the way that I like to view it, it doesn't make sense. They're not that far apart from each other. We know that there's duplication of effort. There's things that people are doing on both sides that could be consolidated uh, a little bit more, and we could streamline it. I believe it would be more efficient. It would hold more accountability, and it would be more transparent as well. You're going to have one department to go through for all those things instead of having to flip, flip, flop, and flip across uh, a few different departments. So I believe there's out of 95 counties in Tennessee, there's 27 under this act. There's another 14 that fall under the 57 act. That there is an option for the 1957 act to include schools, and the schools have to agree. I think four of those. That puts you at 31 that are centralized through that act, and then you got about 14 to 16 more that incorporated counties that incorporated uh, or passed a private act that mirrors, and I know this because I've studied it, mirrors a lot like the 81, right? They've created a finance department. The schools are under there, uh, that, that level of government. And you mentioned earlier you, you like less government, right? 
I don't know if it changes the size of government, but it changes the employees and it changes the or it could change it. It could change the way they're I'm not saying it changes the employees, but it could change the efficiency of things. Um, it almost makes the action less uh, d- duplicated. Right. It's not duplicated, like you said. And so I, as a CTAS consultant uh, and required, basically, because the comptroller's office, who's not my employer, UT is, but the comptroller's office every year puts in your audit. What do they put in your audit? I'll let you answer. What does the comptroller's office put in Smith County's audit every year? It says that currently that we operate under the provisions of the Fiscal Control Act of 1957, which does include the road department and the county government, but does not include the school department. And so they recommend that Smith County adopt a consolidated system of Accounts, budgeting, you know, and, and purchasing. So every single year it's in there, and it does specifically say, specifically the Financial Management Act of 1981 or a private act, as you said. Mm-hmm. Now, a private act is, you know, we've already got something in there to, to, to centralize, so I don't know why we would consider a private act, uh, but that is also an option that's listed in there, too. Uh, you know, that's a good question. And my coworkers and I often talk about why would a county private act, there's probably just some little things. Maybe they want their finance committee to consist of a few more members. Under the 1981 Act, the state law says the financial management committee consists of the mayor, the director of schools, the highway superintendent, and four more people the commission appoints. Um, So all three divisions there, the mayor, director of schools, and highway superintendent, have a say on the financial management committee. Uh, They don't necessarily approve budgets. They can through that committee, but the commission has ultimate budget approval. But there is input from all, all departments, right? Uh, what do you think is keeping the schools from saying we're all in to do this? I think that there's a misconception over where authority and power lies. So the school board's not going to lose any power in this. They're still going to have the same budgeting power that they had before. And once money is appropriated and approved, they get to spend it how they want to, as long as it is within the policy and procedure that's set forth. Mm -hmm. But that's no different under the current way that they're doing things or under the 81 Act. Either one would be the same. The commission is not going to be granted any more authority over the budget than they already have. And and I think that that, that dynamic of it you know, on the surface, people think, oh, well, the county's trying to take over the finances of the school, which we know through state statute, those education funds have to remain education funds. Can't You can't move them out. They're not getting moved into the general fund or into the capital projects fund or into the highway capital projects fund. None of that's going to happen. It's going to remain with the schools. The way that I actually look at it is it's creating an independent finance department. What's well, independent of the county side, the, the, the mayor doesn't have direct authority over them. The school board doesn't have direct authority over them. The road superintendent doesn't have direct authority over it. We're going to have a finance department that's headed by a finance director that's chosen by the financial management committee, reports to the financial management committee, and everybody below that finance director is going to be in line. But they're going to operate as an independent thing. Who, In my opinion, they're going to have to say, when I look at this, I answer to the schools the same as I answer to the rest of the counties, the same that I answer to the road superintendent. You know, and that financial or the finance director is going to have a very important job in trying to balance that. And that's why I know that position is very key in saying I work for everyone, yep. not just one specific piece. Yeah, and you're very studied on it, Justin, and I appreciate the fact that you've invested the time to understand the 81 Act and the differences between what you're – under now under the 1957 to go on 81 i'm ben rogers with on local matters i'm with smith county commissioner justin malden we'll be back in a moment after this break